Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Adventures in Careerland. I identify as he, him, and I am broadcasting from the Broadcast Media Studio in the Louis Arts and Technology Center. And this is an amazing place. It's a place of 13 programs for students in both high school and post-secondary. And I'm working with two incredibly intelligent, smart, I don't want to put any pressure on these two because they're, they're looking at me right now <laughs> like I have three heads. They're smart, they're engaging, they're curious, they're creative. And they are working with me on this podcast. I think we're at podcast number 40. I think this is amazing. I think so, yeah. Last Spectacular. Last 39. Yeah, and yeah. I think because of the excellent schooling you have, you deduced that 40 was next. So that's excellent. That's an excellent moment. So I'm with a couple of producers here. Remember what our podcast is about. We start our, our show with our producers and we're going to chat. This podcast is all about out there, folks. What kinds of decisions do people make as they try to figure out where their fit is in life, what kind of decisions do they make when it comes to educational choices? When it comes to, oh, I'm going to take a year off and take a gap year, or I'm going to go right to work. I'm going to see if I can do some volunteer work in the community. And how did those decisions affect them moving forward as they make calls? Because if there's a few things we've learned in our lives, we are all going to leave high school. Da, na, na. We know we're all going to have to talk about ourselves. Da, na, na. And we all know that we're going to try to work somewhere and find work that has meaning to us. People talk about passions all the time. I'm not so much about the passion. I'm more about the follow your nose and gravitate to things that really interest you and connect you to possibilities. I'm all about follow your nose. The passions will follow you when you do that. Our producers are here today. I'm here with who's going to be monitoring our Star Trek control board, mm -hmm. original Star Trek with the bright, shiny little buttons. It's exciting to watch this. I'm looking at it right now. Andre, and I called him uh, Yvonne last podcast. So sorry about that, sir. Actually, we should get Yvonne this podcast. I think he'd be a great choice. I think he would. Yeah. yeah. From, from Bold. From Bold e-commerce, right? What is it called? Bold or Bold Inc or Bold e-commerce? I don't know. I just know they have a huge sign. It's, it's, that's well, that's, bold. I'm going to put a huge sign at my house, I think, and just put it up there. Magnifico. If that's all it takes to become famous. Yeah, I'm just going to put a big sign up there, although I have no interest in fame. Anyway, <laughs> Andre, how are you today? You're producing today. You're, wor you're working the switchboard. I am working the switchboard, the Star Trek board, yeah. yeah. So how are you today? Good. I uh, woke up a bit late this morning. Well, you're always late. I, I know. It's nothing That's new, so is it? That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I almost got here late because there was an accident actually this morning. Oh, there's a big one. We were talking about that. We were just talking about that. But yeah. I, I hope everybody's going. okay because they sure shut off a lot of roads. They did, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Anyway, always glad to have you aboard. You're one of our uh, you're one of our producers. So I'm so excited. Every time I pop into the broadcast media classroom, what are you working on right now? I see you guys working diligently. What are you working on right now? We're working on our own podcast with Mrs. Wald, and we are also doing a roster graphic with Mr. Platink. Oh, yeah. oh how cool is that? In uh, Photoshop. So yeah, uh, we've got projects on the go. You enjoying this? Yeah, I am. It's it's lots of fun. Yeah, that's excellent. And, and you identify he, him. I, I do identify as he, him. Yeah. There you go. And of course, our other producer, we have CJ here who identifies as they, them, who is also one of the producers and has 
the great distinction of being our guest this time. So we get to ask you questions. You know what happened to me today? I'm going to ask you if this has ever happened to you. I had, I was sitting on my cell phone and for whatever reason, I'm an idiot with these things. I get a call from 911. I've pocket dialed 911. Oh, has that ever happened goodness. to you? No, no, no. It's interesting. My dad was in Kenora uh, this winter. He went on an ice road and I guess his in-car OnStar dialed 911. They thought the his truck was in water, but it was on an ice road. But yeah, that, I think that's the only time I've heard that's it. That's amazing. The car yeah. sensed that? Yeah. Well, it's a truck, right? And it has this system, like this OnStar system. Basically. Yeah, my brother had that. Yeah. And, and they did that. I've actually talked to people and I was talking to someone in his car. He had a Denali or something. And I was talking, I was taking it somewhere and I just opened up the OnStar and said, Hey, I'm um, little Adriano from Winnipeg. And I was talking to someone from North Carolina or something like that. And it was, I thought it was amazing. She said, how can I help you? I I said, I just need a conversation. (laughs) I thought, and it was amazing. OnStar was even open to having a conversation with me. So it was good. Very good. Pretty cool. What's been your best pocket dial? And actually, just to be clear, just before I get to that, to our excellent 911 system, I turned it off and went, what is this? And I clicked it off. They called me back yeah, almost immediately that's, that's, and said, are you in any trouble? Are you okay? And I went, and I actually, I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was my buddy. And I uh, I thought, what's going on? No, I'm fine. What's? And I thought, oh, this really is 911. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. It was a pocket dial. They went, okay, just double checking. I thought, good for the system, right? To check mm-hmm. up on that and do that. Yeah. I that was and, then, uh, and then I think, uh, I don't know how long of a, uh, span it is but after a certain amount of time they actually like come to your house in case you secretly dialed them like if there's someone robbing your house or something and you yeah. can't really speak to them but you want them to know yeah is that right yeah, yeah it happens a lot with people with security systems like if it goes yes. off they'll usually send units to the house right away oh word oh that's amazing i haven't had any experiences like that i think the only pocket dial i've had was uh, one of the times when I was volunteering, I accidentally pocket dialed my mom and she just heard my phone moving in my pocket for I don't know how long, but she just listened and, to and, that. And so she was listening to a conversation you were having, like when you were talking to the children where you were volunteering or... I think I was just walking around because I didn't even realize, so you could just hear shh, shh of my, <laughs> of my pocket <laughs> against my phone. I don't know how long what? she listened. Well, I'm sure you could turn that into an NTF or something and, and get a lot of money for it if you threw that up there. I saw a student working in the uh, in one of the programs in the uh, in the information systems programs here. And I said, what are you working on there on the computer? He says, I'm making an NTF. I'm sorry, NFT? Or, or N- NFT, that's yeah. right. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> NFT, sorry, N- NTF. I don't NFT. know the difference. I went, NFT, well, what is that? He goes, I don't know. I'm going to throw it up there. Oh my gosh, this is what you're going to get money for? She says, yes, oh. Okay. You could get money for anything on NFTs. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It is. It is. It, it's a little odd. And I saw him working on one and it was, honestly, it looked like drivel to me, but it was, uh, it was his piece of art. Good for him. Anyway, I'm thinking in the 40th podcast, this is kind of a, a milestone. And it you is, guys yeah. are part almost of it. Almost 50, almost 50. Now this is only your second, but, um, yeah, I'm I'm already thinking ahead to the 50th, and I think we'll have to get cheese balls and big gulps or something. Would that, would that be already right? <laughs> Something to celebrate, yeah. <laughs> cheese balls and big gulps. Now, think about life. We're opening up the whole COVID thing. How do you feel about some of the these pieces that are happening? Everybody's looking at me right now. I just <laughs> got to say. Andre, Andre, it's your turn to talk. I what guess it think? is. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's it's just I'm getting a bit tired of it, right? It's been two years. With, yeah, we all are, right? I know, right? I'm not really tired of it. I'm just used to it at this point. Like wearing masks, sanitizer, yeah. and everything. Some places don't require it. Other places do. It's just like normal life now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and CJ, we were we were chatting yesterday. I went through, I was teaching some of the learning from home protocols, which meant we had students just taking their courses last year online. And it was difficult for a lot of courses. But you mentioned to me it wasn't that bad for you. Yeah. Tell it. Tell us why. That That's pretty cool. Because there were a few kids who said to me, I really like this format too. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I personally loved it because uh, the smaller classes, I found it easier for both students and teachers because the teachers had uh, less students they had to like look after and answer questions with. Especially when we were at home, you kind of got to work on your own time. You didn't have selected time slots to do stuff, which is both an advantage and disadvantage because some people need those selected time slots. Like, okay, now I'll work on my English and then my math and everything. But really, once you got your work done, you could just do whatever because you weren't physically at school. So, so do you like the notion then of me being in charge of all the learning there? And not having to go to specified places and hearing the buzzers and you're in charge, right? Yes and no. Like I still uh, prefer a space to have to do work because I kind of got sick of staying at home to do it. I would go to the library or something, do all my work and then just go home and I wouldn't have to worry about having to be at different classes and everything. But that was super strategic because a lot of kids weren't doing that. They were staying inside and they weren't going and they were nervous about going out. You were going to the library? Most of the time, yeah. That's pretty cool. Like I, I love going to the library. <laughs> I used to go do homework in the library even in regular times because I just found it. I love being around books. I love being stacks of books. In fact, in my house right now, I must have thousands of books in stacks. My wife doesn't like it at all because... <laughs> For her, they're dust collectors. I love books too. I wish the library around me was bigger. It's just the one across from Glenlon. Um, so it's pretty small. If I was living next to the big library downtown, oh, I would be there all the time. I know. And now they have all kinds of special activities in that library and, and great spaces to do all kinds of digital things and, and yeah. applications. And yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. But you have that cool tunnel that goes under there. Is that a little weird? Do you like going under that I've... tunnel? I always found that tunnel as a little kid. That tunnel's been around forever. I used to take my kids down there. They were always nervous about going to this tunnel because it was a smelly, ugly old place. And yeah. I think they fixed it up, haven't they? I'm sorry, what no. tunnel? There's there's a, a, there's <laughs> Don't you know about the tunnel? Uh, there's yeah. a tunnel by Glenlon. It's okay. across from the YMCA. And uh, to prevent people getting run over, mm-hmm. uh, you go... <laughs> uh, I, I, I like how we laugh yeah. about that. And to, <laughs> we should be solemn. And to yeah. prevent people from getting run over. <laughs> um, you go underneath the road in this little underground tunnel. It's oh, not really? That, it's not that big, but a lot of people... Uh, prefer to cross out the light instead because yeah. sometimes there's broken bottles and stuff down Ooh. there because homeless people will take shelter there so okay. it's kind of a win lose sort of situation <laughs> sure, yeah so i think i've only gone to, down there like once interesting oh really yeah, yeah. I, I used to like going down there I, as a kid i used to love tunnels and, and caves and all kinds of things so i always I'm, I'm reliving my youth every time i go through that tunnel didn't they fix it up though didn't they clean it up and fix it up and uh last time i looked it was about the same like there's still graffiti everywhere and everything yeah but that's the beauty of a tunnel remember i i wrote <laughs> if you get attacked in the tunnel though that's okay, a different yeah, story okay, okay yeah you're laughing about that i find that <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and then when you get attacked, it's not a good thing. I think that's the voice you need. But I, I remember my kids are always nervous about going through that tunnel because we used to use that library all the time. It is a small little library, mm-hmm. but it's a quaint little library, right? Yeah. It's got, and it's, it, it's kind of, I thought it had a surprisingly large amount of books for its little size there. It's such an odd little shape. It does. It just never seems to have the ones I'm looking for. 
Well, because they're always, people grab them right away, right? And then you're on a waiting list to get the yeah. books. And, that's, and the waiting that's lists are always so They're long. huge. They're huge. And, you know, you're tired of the book and you've read it already because you got it from a friend and then they say, your book's, your book's here. That sucks. So you're into books. Yeah. So what kind of authors, what kind of readers do you like to read? Um, I really like fantasy anything, um, but I've read so many books that I need to start reading mystery books because I can predict what happens at the end of the books. So you've developed, and this is an interesting thing because I've taught English for a long time and there are formulae to books, mm -hmm. how they're set up, uh, pieces to write. I write my own short stories and I have those things in my head about, hmm, I better inject a villain here or something like that, right? Yeah. And you get it at the end. Do you get, when you figure them out, like sometimes you had... Have you ever come across a writer whose twist is so cool that you didn't quite oh, see yeah. that coming? Yeah, those are those are the best. Yes. Like, especially when they're so unexpected because I'm like, oh, okay, this is obviously going to happen. And then that doesn't happen. And it's like, oh, really? This happened? I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I love those kinds of books. So what turns you into a reader in your life? Uh, like there's a lot of kids who hate reading. I can tell you, I worked with the Loran Scholar. That's the guy who gets a hundred grand to mm -hmm. go off. And... Um, he came to me, we were interviewing, preparing for the Loran thing a few years ago. And I said, well, what books have you read? He goes, I'll be honest with you, I've never read a book. What? This is a really? grade 12 kid getting $100,000 scholarship. Really? Yes. He said, I've never really read a book. Teachers have this problem with talking about the book so much that I can do what I need to do to pass and get a good mark. Yeah, I know so many people like that. They'll, they'll just read as much as they need. And then they're like, okay, I'm never touching a book again. I'm like, how could you do that? What is it about the written word then? You like, like you connect to that word. Some kids don't. And this kid is a Lauren scholar. He wasn't a bad kid or anything, or you know what I mean? He wasn't someone who didn't like learning and stuff. He just thought he kind of understood sometimes his process of school. If I listen enough in class, the teacher will talk about this book That's, for a week. Yeah. And sh he or she or they will, will identify the the uh, the key parts and i'll go to those parts and i've got the great parts for the essay because they've been identified yeah okay skim through it and they're like okay this this is a major thing that happened this happened okay i'll put those in and yes that's it. and they're organized and I, you know i admire people like that because they're i hate to say it they're playing the game of school a bit right yeah and they're getting it but you'd prefer to read a book and just get the aesthetic pleasure out of reading yeah, I read physical books. I read a bunch of digital books, some manga, and I watch anime and everything. So that's always fun. But I am having trouble finding books now because I can predict a lot of stories. So that's why I've been moving to the mystery genre because it's a mystery and you're not supposed to know what happens. So so I guess you're not a big fan of one of my favorite movies, the Hallmark movie. Oh, a Hallmark movie. <laughs> you're not a big fan. Just to be clear to the people... They are wagging a finger at me and shaking their head. Part of the reading experience, though, is personal and it's aesthetic. And why do you think other folks don't get into that reading experience? I think it's actually because of school. Like a lot of people, Dun -dun -dun. <laughs> a lot of people will be forced to read a book. And when you're forced to read a book that you absolutely hate or really don't like, then it kind of turns you off from the rest of the books. And if that keeps happening, especially in English, English, you get a lot of book assignments where you have to do book reviews and stuff like that. So once you get book after book that you don't like, then you're like, okay, well, all books suck. <laughs> I can attest. I can attest here. Yeah. Okay. Are you a reader? Uh, not really. Sometimes I get hooked to like a series of books. For example, I think back in the eighth grade, I was hooked on the book series, uh, series of unfortunate events. Oh, yes. It's because they even had, they have a movie. It's not super accurate to the books, but the series that with Jim Carrey, right? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> maybe not. And then Netflix made a series. So I started watching the series. 
and read the book at the same time and then would compare it. And it was actually like pretty similar, but you would know more about what happened in the book. So that's Some why of the back plots. Like yeah. That's, yeah, where, yeah, that's, yeah. Usually how that's where the book gives you the back plots and, and the information that really fills you with the potential to see the bigger picture of what's really good. And there were and in, in in there were so many twists in that book. I like every single book there was a twist at the end. Yes. Like Oh, I love books like that. Yeah. I, I don't remember what series it was, but there was a series that at the end it it was always a cliffhanger, mm -hmm. which I hate. I hate when yeah. they're cliffhangers. But but it was also such a good twist that you're thinking for so long until you get the next book and you're like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. They really took that cliffhanger literally in this book. <laughs> at the end of the book Are the you main, gonna spoil it? The, no no, but okay. the main but the main character was hanging off a cliff. Oh my had, goodness. I know, yeah. You know, he's playing with you, eh? That's, yeah. That, that's an author playing with you. Yeah. That's got a brilliant action. Making yeah. fun of the readers. I basically. used to like, I just got into them and I'm bored of them now, but the Dan Brown collections, like the uh, Da Vinci Code and those things. Oh, yeah. They were made for people who didn't want to read because. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because every chapter was like five pages long hmm. and ended oh, yeah. on a cliffhanger type <laughs> moment of. Five oh, pages in the cliffhanger? Yeah, immediately. And then you move to the next chapter and then he deals with that great moment at the end of that chapter something crazy right that doesn't seem like a good book to read because oh you, it's exciting you'd yeah. read it so fast well you you would but that's the way brown connected you to the story and kept people who in my mind who didn't want to read i once gave that book to uh, a young person and he read the book and he said i couldn't put this book down and he doesn't read do you think it's the short chapters? I think it's the short chapters yeah. and the fact that every chapter ended on some great moment of action. Oh, and yeah. Something. Yeah, because what I always find is when I'm reading a book, I don't want to end like in the middle of a chapter. So I'll wait until I finish that chapter. So it might be easier to take breaks if they're shorter. Yes, and that, that that's what I think. And I, I, I think in a culture where we're used to looking at our phones, we want immediate gratification. Things are moving quickly. A book like that is an easy one to digest it's an easy one to read and it's a fun one to read because that's the way their mind works quickly right mm -hmm. so that's yeah our attention span that was so yeah. short well, our attention span well would you say what's your attention span like like if you're a reader you got to be able to sit down there andre what's yours like probably shorter than <laughs> cj's <laughs> I, I actually, I don't know. I don't think I have a good attention span. Like I could sit down and read a book, but patience wise, if I'm standing in line somewhere or something, oh man, I'll stand for like two seconds and then I'm out. Well, that's an aspect of, of your sensibility. But when you curl up with a book, you can sit there for a long time. Yeah, I actually prefer to just sit down, read from beginning to end, but I usually don't have that much time. That's interesting. Now, we talked a bit before this about some of your mentors in your life. You said mom and grandma, are they readers? My... See, see, how do you come across this? How does, you, you always think about my own children. I read like crazy. I read Harry Potter to them. I read the Lord of the Rings to them at bedtime. I read all these things. They don't read. My, well, my mom reads like the odd book and my grandma reads magazines. So it's not really book wise. Actually, no, my grandma does read, uh, what is it? Like, chicken soup or something chicken soup for the soul yeah she reads but those that. are heartwarming stories i think yeah. people i think those are easy to connect to why do you think people love those stories and there's there might be a hundred of those books out there, there is yeah right I, I think i have the she original she probably has the entire collection somewhere. well but there's such heartwarming stories right about yeah. about our existence and who we are and what's important to us and how we overcome so i can see people wanting to read that in you know in in worlds where we don't see that all the time Especially when the news shows maybe oh, one nice story. 
Yeah, the news. My wife won't even watch the news. I say, hey, let's watch the news tonight. She goes, I don't want to see these stories. I'm, I'm, yeah. done. I'm done with these stories. How do you feel about the news right now? Oh, I hate the news. I try not to watch it as much as possible. My grandma, though, she watches it like every hour. She has CNN on her TV all day long. And I'm like, why are you watching all this stuff over and over? And she's like, because I want to know what's going on. I'm like, they're the showing same, like, the so much thing. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The They're showing the same war going on and everything. And it's yeah. the same information over and over. So I'm like, how come you need to watch that all day long? Yeah, it's I, true. Eh? They, these guys can manufacture a series like a full evening out of one issue yeah they'll bring a guest on here a guest on here a guest on here that's interesting and they're perceived as a liberal type of a broadcaster right mm -hmm. and there's so many out there that just cater to their tribe which makes it difficult if you just buy into your your fox news type or you're a cnn type or you're a cbc somebody told me cbc is oh no they're radical cbc and maybe they are i don't know i don't think i've ever I don't, watched cbc like i think by your odd you know conservative sure they'll say that but i think that cbc usually usually is pretty fair sure I, I i've always thought that until somebody pointed out a couple of pieces to me where i went i don't oh. think any news is truly I, fair yeah. it's hard because someone is reporting it right yeah yeah and someone is it's going through the lens of someone who's reporting something so there always has to be some unconscious bias in mm -hmm. something but mm -hmm. ugly scenes are ugly scenes right yeah. Good yeah. scenes are good scenes. Some of you the know. stuff they've been showing, I'm like, how can you show that on, on TV? TV? It's horrifying to me. Yeah. Especially in the Ukraine scenario, right? Yeah. It's just, they're horrifying to me. So it, they're difficult to watch. And they give you a, their warning. Uh, this may not be very lovely for you to see. Yeah, and I'm like, it, okay, then why are you showing it? Well, I know, but it's, uh, I, I guess they want to be the news. Here are the facts and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's interesting. So mom and grandma, big influence on you? Yeah. Yes, what I'm a, super close with my grandma. What have they imparted to you? What's what's one of the big pieces that they, that grandma's given to you that you kind of walk walk in, into every room with? Probably to be kind, but also be tough. I love her saying. Her saying is always, "I'm a tough old bird," <laughs> <laughs> and she says that whenever like something goes wrong or something hard happens. She's like, "Oh, don't worry about me. I'm a tough old bird," <laughs> and I love that so much. I've probably gotten like my strength like mentally with hard things both from my grandma and my mom because they're both extremely strong people and oh that's right i love them so are you a tough young bird is that <laughs> you say um I, I guess so i wouldn't consider myself to be a bird but <laughs> it's a metaphor birds fly they're full of life they see the sky they have the big picture they create nests they gather their tribes together Birds are beautiful things. Yeah. It was one of the first words my son said. Bird! Bird! As, as a, one of the first words that came out of after dad, of course. <laughs> Papa! No, nothing like that. And no, that would be a... That would be my first word. Yeah, yeah. Papa! It would be, in Italian, we called him Babbo. 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 That's what you called the dad. We called our dad Babbo. Mm -hmm. I called him Pop because I, I became more <laughs> English, but my brothers called my dad Babbo. That was an Italian way to refer to dad. I don't have an accent like either of you. I feel so left out. <laughs> Do I have an accent? Yeah, well, when you bit. speak Italian. Yeah. Ma che cosa fai? Non c'è. Non c'è il dialetto qui. I can't tell if he's insulting me or not. I don't know. You know what? I, I don't even know what I said. I think I just called you a shoe with cheese on it. I'm not sure. So it's <laughs> Well. <laughs> we have a different member. These these guys, these French and Italian guys, have a different word for everything. Yeah, it's a problem. So. <laughs> anyway, it's funny that you liked the virtual experience because I don't find a lot of students who like that experience. I need more personal. So you've choose the broadcast media program, which is the antithesis 
of the virtual experience in its own way. Because you have to stand up, you have to stand and deliver, you have to create things, you have to present them all the time. So why did you choose the broadcast media program? That's interesting. Out of Glenlawn. You're from Glenlawn, of course. (laughs) One of the schools in the Louisville School Division. It was interesting because the first time I heard this course was when I was thinking that school was kind of being easy for me because uh, I got pretty good grades academic wise. So then I was looking for a challenge. I was looking into like college courses and maybe university courses, but I couldn't really find anything. So then student services actually recommended ATC. So I was looking through them and I'm like, oh, broadcast media that has to do with video editing and stuff. And I was already big in photography. So then I wanted to kind of learn the other side, which would have been videography. You think you're getting what you paid for? And of course, what did you pay for this program? Nothing. Nothing. It's a beautiful thing. So no, I'm kidding because people, high school students who come to this program don't pay anything for it. But people who aren't high school students have to pay for this program. So for me, any kid who doesn't consider this program should because there's a there's some way to really save money and to build skill sets. So and even if you aren't really sure what you want to do, it's free. So why not just like go and try it out sort of thing? And you're getting industry driven skills. So what kind of skills do you think you're getting out of this program? Is it what you thought it would be? Um, it's what I thought I, it would be and also not because there's a lot a lot of fast paced work, especially when we first got here. I was thinking, oh yeah, we're gonna be eased into the work and we're gonna be eased into everything, but it was kind of just everything thrown at you, which wasn't a bad thing because we got to learn a lot of stuff early on, but it's definitely different from Glenlon and being in the classes and just kind of sitting and writing things down. So well, you come from Glenlon and, and we've had some of the conversation, like you felt like, CJ, I think you're a pretty smart person. So with school, a bit boring for you sometime? Oh yeah, it was definitely boring. I was constantly thinking of getting a job or something because I was just bored. I usually finished assignments quite early, so I was thinking, oh, maybe if I get a job, it'll take up my time more. But then I saw ATC and I don't even have time for a job now. So you were happy to add to your academic excellence with, would you like fries with that? (laughs) Get some experience, yeah. Actually, when you work in a fast food place, I tell you, because I've worked with thousands of businesses and setting, helping kids set up internships and job shadows and those kinds of things. They love to see McDonald's and, oh, yeah. and some of the fast food places on your resume. Why do you think that is? McDonald's, I know they have a very good um, like position thing where you move up and you're trained well. I've heard that from yes, some for, other people. You suddenly, you know, suddenly one day, you know, you work in the till, now you're the crew, the crew trainer. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. But it's the pace, the frenetic pace of those places where you have you're on you're on task all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a rare moment in one of the, at a Tim Hortons. Like who's not getting coffee? I don't know. What the, I mean, we're crazy about coffee. We've talked about this. <laughs> There's constantly getting coffee. You're constantly getting sandwiches. You're constantly and these places cater to that quickness. We want things fast and quick, and you guys have to move. And it's also a good uh, experience to have because then you work under pressure. So, is that one of your criticisms of school? There just isn't enough. To challenge? I would say so, yes, but I don't think it should become harder because if it does become harder, I know some of the people who were already struggling in school would struggle harder, but I think they could have courses that are like a little more challenging. Like there was uh, English that I was planning on taking, which was actually university level because I found the, the fast forward English. 
What is it called fast forward? Uh, it was a double credit English. Okay. And I just took that for fun because I'm like, oh, maybe it'll be more challenging. Uh, I didn't get to finish it because I came here. Okay. But you're, I mean, you're still going to continue in English. You're still getting your credits and everything. Because yeah. when you take this program, they just kind of shorten your academic program at Glenlawn and then you add your credits here and then you, yeah. you graduate. You're going to graduate at Glenlawn. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> when the dust settles. Well, you never know. I'm sure you will, though, because... Uh, as I say, CJ, I, I just think you're a very intelligent person and, and you have a lot of very thoughtful ideas about life. How would you change the education system? If, oh, wow. If the quickest little change you could make to the education system, what would you do to it? I would probably either, I would probably hire more teachers, like find more teachers because the class sizes compared to one teacher are very challenging. Like, I don't know how the teachers handle, what is it? I think like 25-ish students per class. And to have all those students asking questions and every single student is different. Like they all learn differently. So to try and cater to everyone in that classroom, that is super difficult. So if you have maybe two teachers or something, one takes care of this half, the other takes care of that half. I think that would be much easier for both teachers and students. That's interesting you say that because uh, I think Lou Riel is is trying to less lower class sizes a bit as part of their, as, as their budget piece. There is a lot of research out there that says that'll be irrelevant though, because it's the quality of the teacher usually that can work with the 25. Which I could agree on, right? but you still can't answer all questions by That's yourself. Right. That's right. Would you say that the connection to teams and all these digital applications have been a good thing? Yes, I would think so. Yeah, because it does make contacting your teacher a lot easier. It's basically text messaging. So it's so much easier than an email that could get lost with all the other teachers and then they'll never see it because you sent it. Especially if you have a question that you think of over spring break, you send it, but then everyone sends one and then yours is at the bottom somewhere and they never see That's it right. again. That's right. That's right. No, I, I, I really think the advent of the Teams and the 365 and the digital applications are, are, are making it a lot a lot more amenable for a student to connect to a teacher and to get mm -hmm. that question answered. And it's hard in a class, right? Sometimes to ask the question. Do you ever feel like you've been in a class where I, I want to ask this question and I don't want to ask it because I don't oh, want yeah, to put that, my hand up and like, embarrass myself? That was in a history class. When I was in history, I had so many questions because I found history so interesting. So I wanted to ask questions, but I felt like if I kept asking questions, everyone was kind of like, ah, oh, they're asking a question again. When is this class going to be over? <laughs> That's right. So people, <laughs> you're, I mean, when, when you're sitting with the sheep, it's very difficult <laughs> to to kind of rise above that a bit like kids will look at you in a funny way right when you're different it almost shows that you're kind of different kids will look at you in a different way when you're inquisitive and curious is that yeah, is that yeah. fair to say yeah definitely like i i'm always curious about the topics we were learning about so wait until after class to ask my questions because i wanted to know more information but i found if i ask questions during the class like I think maybe me and one other person were always asking questions. Like most classrooms are just dead silent. And that's what school ought to be, right? Yeah. Hmm. So what's the problem there? I really don't know. I just think people are tired of school. <laughs> I think so, right? And kids just don't. <laughs> Kids just don't want to go through this. Is there ever lots of group? What happens when you get into group work? They get your chances and oh, the divorce? group work sucks. <laughs> group work sucks. <laughs> You've heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Group work sucks. I think it. I think group work can be beneficial if you group the kids right. <laughs> <laughs> Because like I, I was always I'm I'm quite a quiet person. So you're into the class system in in school. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. 
<laughs> because like I'm quite a quiet person. I'm more comfortable when it's a smaller group of people. So when it was group work, I personally liked it. It was like two, maybe three other people with me. But since I was quiet, they would always put me with the silent kids. So they wouldn't <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> I would just have to like do it by myself. I'm like, okay, uh, do you want to do this? And did, they wouldn't say anything. Did, did the time-honored tradition of the student with a little more initiative worked harder at school, did the time-honored tradition of that person doing all the work continue in your life? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm finding it less now, especially like in this course, there's a lot of people that hopefully do their work. Yeah, but that's the difference, right? You've all chosen a space. What I love about ATC is you've stepped off the beaten path and you've chosen a space. When mm -hmm. you all do that, you all contribute because you have, you've made a choice. You have, you have a vested interest. You followed your nose to a place where think about this. How many of you from Glenlawn are here? I think there's one other person other than me. In the whole building. In the whole building, no. In the whole building, maybe a 10 or so. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. There's a thousand people in that school. So let's think 10 people might have decided to step off the beaten path and choose to sit in the quiet of that room and please let it end when it can. Interesting, eh? That's one of the reasons I was really excited to come here because I enjoyed a lot of the subjects like in normal high school, but a lot of the other people didn't. So it was super hard to do assignments and even make friends in general because a lot of people just didn't want to be there. So I'm like, okay, if I go to ATC, it's a chosen thing. So hopefully the people who choose it will want to be there. You know, CJ, you're saying a lot of very interesting, honest things. What I love about you is your authenticity. Andre, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. That's like how... a big word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just being true. That's all I mean. You must be truthful to yourself. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's hard for kids to find spaces to say how they actually feel about things. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Because oh, yeah. you're just following along with the content driven by instructors and not just instructors. This isn't a teacher thing. It's the curriculum out there, right? Yeah. Here's what we're trying to deliver. So it's, it's a great challenge. I like what you said earlier about the learning styles too. Like every student has a different learning style mm -hmm. and a way they access and a way they get curious about topics and ideas, right? And that, I think that's the biggest thing with our school system is that is so hard to try and figure out how do you teach all these different people in the same classroom, but they all have different learning styles. You you can't like cater to one or cater to a couple. It's super hard to do. It's super hard. Right, right. But there has to be a space where everyone can express their authenticity. Yeah. Or their genuineness. Is that word a little smaller? No, I guess not. <laughs> or, um, their, their personal truth. <laughs> okay, that's good. You know what? We're coming to the end of this podcast, but uh, what a discussion. What do you think, Andre? I know, yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. And uh, CJ, you are an incredible guest. And I'm super excited. CJ and Andre will now be producing this and we'll be bringing other guests onto this show. So how exciting is that going to be? Episode 40 is in the books, but what an episode it was. It was a humdinger, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means. I mean, either, I mean either, okay. but no. yes, yeah. yeah it, it, it was it was crackerjack from beginning to end. So I thank you both again, and ladies and gentlemen, everybody, be safe out there. Take care of yourself, and that's another episode of Adventures in Careerland. Mm -hmm.